Hi, welcome back. We are doing another Cage Club commentary. What, wait, what are we calling it? Cagementaries? Cage Club Revisited, the Cagementaries. Cage Club Revisited. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. With us, we have now and again host, creator, genius mind behind the podcast that you know and love, Chris Mattiello. Hello, Chris. Hello. Making sure that... All right, we're, we're going to get off to a good start. We're watching today The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, which is a documentary that came out two years ago, I think. Is it two last years year? already? I Maybe it was last, last year. year. Last Might have been last year. 2016. But it would have come out... The movie would have come out, like, what, 98-ish? 98, right? yeah. So when we did Cage Club the first time, we went and put it in 1998. But now here, we're doing it... You know, this is the second one we're recording. We'll, we'll be honest with you. I mean, we've got nothing to hide, but Chris is here. <laughs> first one, we have a guest, so let's just get going. So we are watching the Blu-ray that I think you can buy from the Documentarian's site. I think you can get it everywhere now, too. You can probably get it everywhere it's now. So we're going to start playing in three, two, one, play. Right. Schnep zone. And in Superman colors. <sighs> I don't recognize these production studios. Comic-Con. Did you ever go to Comic-Con? No. I was there in New York 2011 and 2012. Is it a nightmare? I feel it's like it's kind a of a nightmare. <laughs> um, we were there with press passes doing stuff for the internet, and so we went like that Thursday and walked around where it was completely empty, and that was great. And then went back uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to do like shooting and stuff, and it is just miserable. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's well, I figure exhausting. It's probably like CES where I got there for consumer electronics show and like before the show opens you can walk the floor and like people are like they're setting up their booths like they have a chance to talk to you and then all of a sudden the floor opens to the public and it's like oh you can't walk you can't it's like wait online for everything it's, it's like being miserable. in line it's just like standing in line for half a day people make everything worse it's too bad because there is a lot of cool stuff to do and see there i feel i mean mostly if you're into collecting i actually picked up believe it or not like a couple comics i was looking for at an actual comic con so i was that's kind of funny. How would you like to be known as Superman fan on a lower third? <laughs> I'd rather be known as Superman fan than dressed like... Well, like these, these guys, guys aren't that bad, but the other ones in the really bad Superman costumes. Full uh, cosplay. You never go full cosplay. Hey, you got a Goku in the background? Here's a girl Superman fan. Those don't exist. Are you guys Superman fans? Mm, no. So I grew mm. up watching, or reading, not, well, I guess watching, but reading Superman, because my dad's favorite superhero of all time is Superman. Okay. So I never really knew Batman until, um, I guess until Christopher Nolan, really. Like, I knew, oh, wow. I knew he existed, but, like, Superman was always the guy. And so what's interesting, and why I kind of love the idea of what this movie could have been, is that, I think I said this on the podcast, when we did the podcast episode about this, is that the I remember two stories, like, two actual whatever prolonged series of comics. Number one was Crisis on Infinite Earths, where mm -hmm. DC was like, oh, we've got eight of everybody, we need to kill off seven of everybody, so we're going to have them all like get into a battle, like, people are going to die. Yeah. And then the other one is the death and return of Superman, which is this. Yeah. Which is Doomsday coming and killing Superman, and then four imitation Supermen coming back from wherever, you know, emerging, and then actual Superman sort of regenerating in his black suit in this purple mech under the water, and then coming back and, you know, getting rid of Doomsday. Yeah, I'll never forget those four different Supermen. I definitely remember that arc. It was so big. There's the kid? Yeah. There's Superboy. The, Superboy stays around, too. There's, he has a yeah. very important role later on in DC, I know that. There's Steel. Who got his own movie. Played by Shaq. There's uh, the cool alien guy with the laser vision. Uh, Wait, are you, sure, are you sure he wasn't played by Shaq and not uh, Sinbad? 
Oh, it might have been Sinbad. I don't know. The internet has got me misremembering. It's a real Berenstein Berenstein. Um, it wasn't that guy like the Eradicator or something. He was like a robot. I think so. And then the fourth one was that, guy. The, the mech guy, right? The half robot. Oh, that's who I'm thinking of. Which then. is the one that had oh, like the, Vindicator. the shades and the nuclear powers. Yeah, he was the coolest. I think looking. that was Vindicator or something. Oh, there he is. There's oh, that. Man. There's that classic. We're gonna know all picture. about that picture as this goes on. We're also gonna know more about the guy making this documentary because <sighs> he he's sitting in almost every shot. Like that seems like a mistake to me. I think we mentioned that too the first time around. Like this guy, him. Seems to be on screen too much. Well, yeah, the documentary is not like about the movie as much as him uncovering the movie, kind of. This guy looks like um, like if, he just looks like if Steve Brule grew some facial hair. <laughs> he is for your health, for sure. This is my favorite part of the movie is like seeing all the unused concept art and stuff that could have been. You really get a sense of. Where Did you see Yodorowsky's Dune? I was just gonna yes. say that. Great, great documentary about a movie never made. Because that's an entire movie of concept art, basically. Yeah, and of concept art used throughout like cinema history. Apparently, like people have been purging his book for style and stuff. Like the purge, <laughs> or just like looking at that giant book of Dune and using images of it from it throughout like science fiction. Yeah, that was cool. Like, at, at the end, where they have like this became Star Wars and this became this and this became that. You know, and, like it all happened. It all it became things, but if it was all in one movie, that would have been amazing. Yeah, right. That's the trick. What happens with this is sort of the same thing. A lot of the imagery gets reused for Man of Steel and, you know, Dawn of Justice. They actually do kill Superman. They yep. find, Warner Brothers have been dying to kill off Superman Spoiler for alert. decades. And they actually, they finally rushed through it and got him dead in, in two movies. And we're going to find out in a little bit, but didn't they want to cast Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor in this? Yes. And then he just became Lex Luthor in Superman Returns? Yeah. The role he was born to play. John Peters is fascinating, and I feel like it really gives you some insight into why movies are occasionally um, like inexplicably awful. <laughs> Producers just have a lot of money and a lot of cocaine and think that their ideas are great, and then you get movies like Suicide Squad. Yeah, they're super like arrogant and have, uh, like you said, they just have so much money. They have the control. Like they just don't care. They want to see what they want to see. Like, I want this to be in it, so make it fit. It's like, well, there's nowhere for it to fit. Shoehorn it in somewhere, because <laughs> it needs to be there, because I said so. Wait, Chris, have you seen this documentary? Yes. Okay. This is kind of interesting. They got, like, a cage silhouette look-alike to walk around with long hair in the cape and do sort of a... Well, yeah, so, like... An opening thing here. <laughs> they have to cage the long hair, and that's, like, that terrible picture that we just saw. But then there's also a cage with short hair who looks like a genuinely amazing Superman. And that makes me so sad that it didn't happen. The, I, I think I, I have an image oh, in my buddy. head. Uh, I'll get to Kevin Smith. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I have an image in my head of of Nick Cage as Clark Kent with short. That long hair is, is atrocious. Yeah. But like, I really can see him as Clark Kent. Yeah. I really can't see him as Superman. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think Superman's a lot like Batman, where if you you got to nail Clark. Like, it's more important to get the secret identity, like Bruce Wayne, if you can play him right. And I feel like the suit takes care of the rest for the most part. Yeah. You know, just not entirely. Like, I do feel like Henry Cavill, the new Superman, like, he just doesn't have a Clark Kent at all. They don't make any distinction between him and Superman. So, for me, his Superman is boring and dull. But, like, Christopher Reeves, for instance, you know, like, he was putting on two distinct performances in that film. And I feel Cage would have would have had he has the range to do like a really goofy Clark Kent and then I feel like he could 
put on his serious action face, like his Con Air look, and do the Superman stuff too. You also have Christopher Reeve doing three Supermen in or three three roles in Superman three. Oh, that's right, because he plays evil Superman, best Superman too. of all time. Yeah, I love that. Superman I actually 3. really like Superman three. I do. I, we we all do. <laughs> we're fans. <laughs> I, I grew up with uh, the Superman movies. Like I'm not a huge comic reader, but like one of the few VHS tapes we had growing up was Superman because they were so damn expensive. Uh, and I just remember watching the hell out of that first movie as like a little kid. So I've always liked him and wanted him and his movies to do well, but they just for the most part aren't. Like I'm not a big fan of Man of Steel. I'm not a big fan of Dawn of Justice. Or, not a big fan of Superman Returns, so... So did you see that the guy who produced Suicide Squad is going to be Trump's Secretary of, I think, Treasury? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Oh, he. I think he also produced um, Sully, or he was one of the producers on Sully, my yeah. brother was telling me I just that. feel like yeah. su- there's a, a, you know, a million reasons not to get political, just to disqualify people from getting positions, not necessarily in, in this administration specifically, but like I feel like that is something that should immediately disqualify you Oh, from you were involved with Suicide Squad? All right, okay. yeah, everybody yeah. involved in that movie should have their licenses revoked. The hearing should just be watching the extended cut of that movie. I'm like, <laughs> what? You can't be trusted to make decisions, especially decisions with money. So they're cutting back and forth between that guy and Kevin Smith, and apparently when Kevin Smith was writing his draft, that was the guy who said there needs to be a giant spider yes. in the movie. And then he went on to make Wild Wild then West. He went on to do Wild West and get his big mechanical-looking spider thing. I don't know if that's... I don't know how much... I mean, that story's been told so much. I don't know how true it is. But what's funny about Man of Steel is that later in this movie, they show Superman fighting, like, some giant octopus creature. And in Man of Steel, he fights, like, a big steel octopus in the Indian Ocean thing. So, I don't know. It's just... You see these little germs that... If they don't get into one project, they make sure they fit into another project. I don't like Kevin Smith. Real, I mean... Mm. So here's the thing with Kevin Smith. My freshman year roommate in college loved Kevin Smith. And I did not love my freshman year roommate. And he would watch all those, like, two-hour films of Kevin Smith, like, talking to a bunch oh, of college students. Oh, and evening with Kevin? Yeah. And he would just watch those on loop. And, like, because of him, I saw all of his movies for the first time. And, you know, I like some more than I like others. But he's just... Ugh. I like Tusk. I do not like Yoga Hosers. Um... But I just, I feel like, I don't know, is he, is he one of the biggest celebrities that like a lot of people just like, eh, at best to? Um, I mean, he's got his fans, but like he does definitely have his fans. I don't get it. Um, I every time I've gone back and revisited a movie of his, it's it's very much that Donnie Darko thing, where it's like, oh, I get why I liked this at fourteen, but this is garbage. Hmm. It's weird. I'm kind of like a casual fan of his work. I listen to some of his podcasts, though. Like, it's weird. I, I'm more oh, into... the Smodcast? I listen... I don't really listen to Staz, but um, Hollywood Babylon that he does with Ralph Garman. Um, I like his movies enough. I don't know. I think it's weird, though. You get guys like him and Joss Whedon and stuff where there's just these devotees to his work. Like, no matter what, they're gonna love what he does. And yeah. I'm, I'm not in that camp uh, whatsoever. I... D- I do like his earlier stuff, like, you know, Clerks and Mallrats more. Uh, and I think it's because early on, somehow, he got a reputation for being, like, the comic book guy in right. Hollywood way before, like, all these movies were being made and stuff. So I don't know how he quite got that reputation, but somehow he weaseled his way onto the Superman Returns project and did a draft. Well, like. And then to- talked about it in college for, like, 10 years and made his fortune. Yeah. Yes. 
I uh, I saw the recording of one of those shows. I won tickets to oh. see, oh. and I don't like Kevin Smith. At the time, I was more ambivalent, uh, but I went and I saw him. He does the whole. He did the whole Superman. Basically, uh, what he's doing here. Exactly. Right? I've heard this story live before, uh, among a bunch of other garbage. Um, it was like. We left after like three hours, and the line of people was still super deep. And like, Wait, how he, long will they go for? He just goes until he's done. Like, like four I, or five hours. Oh like he just it's, it's absurd. See. And I mean, I just I don't like him, <laughs> like as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the stuff he says is really stupid. I think he's a, an egotistical asshole. Um, to steal one of your and, phrases, I think he likes sniffing his own farts. He really yeah. does. Well, and, and he's a giant fanboy. Like he did love Suicide Squad strictly because oh, we get to see Deadshot and we get to see Killer Croc, and it's like, well, yeah, that's like my, that's like my dad. Like he likes just seeing that universe, and he likes he watches the Comic Book Men or whatever that show is, where it's just mm-hmm. oh, boy. He's also a massive hack. I remember him saying that <laughs> yeah. all of the Star Wars prequels were amazing because he just wanted mm-hmm. to to be in like and like get free stuff and like see the movies early, and now he's. Totally backpedaled on that and be like, no, they're terrible because yeah. he's like his nerd cult just like he's like they'll, the, they'll yeah. eat up anything he says and he just wants to keep impressing them. He's like the auteur hack, right? Like he's it's it's not like he's making like Independence Day and Godzilla like a hack that works and does like big budget features and stuff, but like he's the indie hack. I just <laughs> want to dunk him in a toilet. Like, <laughs> what must it be like to be a grown man with? A child that you named Harley Quinn. Yep. Um, but to wake up every morning and be like, "Got to pick out my best jorts and hockey sweater." Like, yeah, you're, you're I can 50, under- dude. I can understand wanting to be recognizable, but that's a little strange. Like dressing like that every single day. Hey, shout out to Monkey Club. <laughs> Pilot up to Monkey King Club. Kong. Also, I bailed on his podcast when. Um, I mean, I came into it. I, like I never started from the beginning, but when I came into it, they were sponsored by Fleshlights. Yeah. So the first fifteen minutes was just them talking about like <laughs> fucking fake sex toys, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. Never again. <laughs> oh, speaking of Kevin Smith fucking. Um, Ooh. So you guys know about the greatest tweet in the history of Twitter, right? I think uh, I'm about to. That Kevin Smith sent out on July 9th, two thousand nine, at two forty three p.m. Um, two thousand nine. 2009. Uh, Ten years in, and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. A decade plus, and her clit brown taint area still pones my dick. That went public? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tweet he was proud of. No, it's still there. Oh, here comes some of that big spider. Not that tweet. I mean, there's an actual spider. So, you asked me before we started recording how much I would need to get paid to have all the lyrics all-star tattooed on my back. How much do you need to be paid? This is a two-part question. Number one, to retweet that tweet, uh, which I'm assuming is not going to be very much money because you could probably do it ironically and get away with it. But number two, have that like a, a, a screenshot of the tweet like with the date, with his picture, with everything, <laughs> tattooed on your back. I'll retweet that right now. Do um, it, do it. Because <laughs> it's, it's the, the greatest tweet to ever grace Twitter. But what about much? getting tattooed on your back? Just the picture with like his little avatar and the date. Well, like, you know how like, words. You, like you embed a tweet on yeah. a page like that. Retweet it on your back. <gasps> back there tweet. Back tweet it. Probably the same price as we talked about with the All Star lyrics. Just <laughs> enough to pay my loans. <laughs> so, well, like, Chris, I have an interesting <laughs> business opportunity for you. Let's do it. I'm in. I bet we can get John Peters to pay for some of it. Give him enough coke. I want. We should do costs. all the movies he produced. 
I want a list of those to see. There's some good stuff in there if it was the stuff that they showed on the screen before, like American Werewolf in... I think it was American Werewolf in London. It might have been American Werewolf in Paris, oh, which is that just, case. I have a feeling it's Paris, not London, but <laughs> we'll see. I don't... Um, I get that this guy, the guy doing the movie, is sort of trying to be like an investigative journalist, like he thinks he's Clark Kent, but I also feel like it's just bad documentary filmmaking to be in all these shots like this. Like, and then this guy's talking sideways instead of towards the camera. Like, at least Kevin Smith knows enough to, like, n- ignore the man next to him and actually talk to the cameraman. So, right. John Peters has 51 producer credits. He's, mo- he's at three in the works, but the most recent one is Man of Steel. Oh, no. So, there you go. He did a Madonna video collection, Superman Returns, Ali, Wild Wild West. Ali. A bunch huh? of things I don't know. Batman Returns he did. The right. re- original Batman, Tango and Cash. Okay. Rain Man. Caddyshack right. 2, Youngblood. Oh, man, look at that. Keanu, Keanu Rocky Club. Movie. Brotherhood of Justice. Oh, my gosh, another Keanu Club. Color Purple he did. Clue he did. So that... Flashdance. Oh, I love Clue. American Werewolf in London, the first Caddyshack. And the first one was A Star is Born. Look at that, ripped right from the page. Yeah, he was Barbara Streisand's Ooh. hairstylist. Oh, that's, that's right. It, yeah. That's what it was. Oh, crazy. That's kind of like the movie uh, Shampoo, if you've ever seen that, with um, Warren Beatty. I think it's Warren Beatty. Yeah, he's like a, a hairstylist who sort of gets like caught up in the high society crowd of Hollywood. and <laughs> seems As like one guy. is wont to do. <laughs> the end of that movie seems like he's going to go on to make films or something. Speaking of Warren Beatty, when they were doing the scroll in this movie before of all these weird uh, failed... Oh, yeah. Dick Tracy. Movies. Dick Tracy. I remember seeing that in theaters as a kid. I kind of want to revisit it because I remember it being really highly stylized mm-hmm. and probably pretty interesting, but I, I, it's probably a bad I movie, saw it a couple right? of years ago and I already forget everything about it. Oh, okay. I wanted to get back to it too. I went back and watched like The Phantom, The Shadow, The Rocketeer, sort of the like Rocketeer the, the OG Avengers, I guess, if they were to team up. And then I didn't get to Dick Tracy during that run. Though. I just remember like, not the bath, big boy, not the bath. Oh, so they're talking about this scene, which I think would have been a stupid scene, but during Superman's funeral, Batman was going to come on the Jumbotron in Times Square and tell everybody, like, to, like, everything's going to be okay? I don't know if that would have played very well. I don't know about that moment. Kevin Smith has done comics. He wrote yeah. an arc of Daredevil, which is, he just turned it into Spider-Man, basically. Okay. Um, and also, because he, he kills off Karen Page, like, very Gwen Stacy-esque. Yeah. Um, and then he did a run on Batman that is absolutely atrocious. And he's done Green Hornet, Green... I want to say Green Arrow. We, yeah, he... He even does Jay and Silent Bob comics at one point, I think. Ugh. What is the worst Kevin Smith? Well, I mean, I know it's the Jersey Girl, I think. But, like, in that run, no, he Yoko's did... No, worse than Jersey Girl. In that run, he did, like, let's say before Red State. Like, because that's yeah. when Kevin Smith kind is of Red shifted. Good? No. I like it. I don't know. I like it. Maybe because it's so against his style, like... It's really doesn't feel like Kevin I just wish the ending didn't cop out on itself. I didn't see it. No spoilers for a movie I'm probably never going to see. Is his worst movie Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? Probably. No, I like that movie. I think that's fun. Mm. I think that I, I... You might be disqualified from this conversation. <sighs> no, Mike. I'm not. I mean, maybe after what I'm about to say next, but oh, well, I'm not okay, a so fan but, of Chasing Amy So either. before Red State, he did Cop Out, which is not like a probably, Kevin Smith movie. But he didn't write it, yeah. so it's uh, like, He also did Zack and Mary Make a Porno, which ooh, I never saw. Oh, God. Before uh, that, Clerks 2 is not good. I hate no, Clerks 2. Like Jersey Girls before that. Clerks 2 is the last movie I got Shane's carded Bob. to see. 
Dogma. I remember liking Dogma, but I'm afraid to I watch like Dogma it. again. I, I feel the same way about um, mm, a Dogma that I do with Chasing Amy, where it's just like, I liked that as a kid, but I'm sure it was because I was an idiot. Affleck and Damon are, are good together. It makes you want to see them in more movies together. Yeah, so his first movies in order were Clerks, Small Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma. Well, that's pretty solid first four, I think. I don't like Mallrats very much. Even I don't like Mallrats when I liked either, Kevin no. Smith, I didn't oh, like okay, Mallrats. Man, we're way off the mark. I've only seen it once, <laughs> no, like but it. keep in mind, I only saw it once, and it was because my roommate that I didn't like showed it to me, True. and I was just like, I don't want to yeah, like this. Yeah, it's never this. a great way to watch a movie. I like mall movies, I guess. <laughs> Where are they? Do you think that's Kevin Smith's house? Yeah, that's totally his office. Or do you think, they're not like the comic book shop in Red Bank, are they? Or are uh, they? I don't think so. I don't so. think that's, I've been in there at least once or twice, and he had one in L.A. too at some point, so I don't know. Well, there's like alcohol and stuff on the desk. Yeah, it doesn't it look like personal things of his. And it's definitely his place because there's like pictures of him on the wall, like yeah. in like fan art and stuff. How was Brainiac going to work into the script? I don't remember. He okay, so he comes. He's basically a guy who comes from space. I'm not sure if he was tied into Krypton like he is sometimes, like in the cartoon. But he basically comes to Earth because he detects there's a surviving Kryptonian and he wants to like I think the thing is he's going to collect Superman or destroy him and then he meets up with Lex Luthor and Lex Luthor's like I can give you access to all the technology you need Uh, and at some point Luthor and Brainiac were going to merge into one being and they were going to have Spacey play one of them and then I think wasn't it Christopher Walken was in talks to play Brainiac and so like you'd have Christopher Walken and Kevin Spacey doing like a two-headed man routine at the end, in the third act of the film uh, and that's based, Superman basically flies up to Brainiac's big ship and it's like a giant zoo from the it's like a galactic zoo I think it's, I do want to point out real quick that, I'm sorry I can't deal with John Peter's chest hair poking out on top <laughs> no, of his shirt can't either I notice that every time it's on he's covering it up now thankfully but oh here's just the encapsulation of Kevin Smith's like smug comic book douchery it's like he's so proud of the fact that he named the spider the Targaryen snare beast or whatever. Oh, it's like, right. yo, it's an obscure Hawkman reference. Look how great I am. Look how much I love comics. Like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Here we go I'm stunned the they got Tim Burton for this movie. I am. It's shocking. But I bet he was like, hey, if you want to fly to London and come over here, sure. But I'm not moving. I saw him in real life. He was at Fantastic Fest last year. Oh, cool. Speaking of directors that just fell apart. We was yeah. there promoting Miss Peregrine, which was fine. I never saw it. I mean, Ed Wood, to me, is just, like, an amazing movie. It's one, one of my Chris's favorite movies ever. Favorite it's movies so of all time. great, I know. And it's hard for me still, even now, I understand, I've come to terms with it, but it just doesn't feel like he's responsible for directing that movie entirely. It's just so above quality of everything else. I may me. or may not have been looking at Chris List yesterday. Oh, nice. Scouting out. I'm like, really? Okay. Ed Wood, like, it's in the 10 to 12 range, I think. Yeah, I need to really watch good. it again. It would have been awesome, though, to have the same director do a Batman movie, then a Superman movie. Yeah. Like, it's just like this. And then do the, the crossover. Symmetry. Yeah, and then, right, Batman versus Superman. And, or hopefully at that point, it wouldn't have been any reason to fight. Well, isn't the, Batman and Superman. Isn't the ultimate sort of upside to this movie not happening that Batman and Robin was a turd, and then. Or was this after Batman and Robin? Was, this was going to. I think this was all after that. That had just... I think it was just after Batman Forever. Which was between three and four. Yeah. So that it was basically between this failure and Batman and Robin being awful that we got Christopher Nolan's Batman. For the most part, yeah. Warner Brothers had sort but of But they said, didn't want to continue we, it, at least. No, not after the second Schumacher movie. I think they realized that it wasn't going to keep working. There was a script kicked around for a long time about a fifth one in that series that would have had... Huh. I think it would definitely would have had Scarecrow. 
Oh, is that when they were like talking about Howard Stern as Scarecrow? Or... I don't know about oh, that. God, really? Yeah, that would have been miserable. Oh, Zardoz head. But then there was gonna be a second. <laughs> <Look at> nice. <laughs> there was gonna be a second villain, but and it kept kicking around between like Harley Quinn or maybe mm. Clayface, um, mm. and then it, it just all kind of got rolled into Batman Begins. Yeah. Even you know, now, I feel Clayface would be tough with CGI. Even you know, Clayface is awesome in the Batman video games. He's great in the cartoons, Isn't too. He in the Some video of the games? best episodes. Yeah. Like, is, like, aren't those like Nightmare? Isn't a Clayface and Scarecrow together? Clayface is like no. the giant twist of one of those games. Whoops, spoiler. He's sort of like the Venom of the DC, or I guess Venom is the Clayface of the Marvel Universe, so to speak. Or I guess Sandman is the Clayface. <laughs> Never mind. So, I mean, we can talk about spoilers for like a nearly decade-old game at yeah, this yeah. point, probably. Um, I love that... It's probably not a decade. Are talking Asylum or City? City, I think it is. City's the one where it's the fake Joker. Clayface is playing the Joker. Oh, right, yeah. But oh, that's a cool twist. If you go into that with um, with the, the detective mode on, that Joker doesn't have any bones. Oh, interesting. Oh. But if you do that the first time, you, you probably won't even like that's realize interesting. it. That's interesting. Yeah. Look at all these creatures that we never got to see. I think that one in front screamed when Superman was born in Man of Steel. They That's sort of cut to the outside of Moebius. Yeah, they're basically like, okay, who worked on Dune? Let's just get yeah. all the, like, how many of them? Are, okay, let's get them. I rewatched Batman Returns recently. Um, learned a couple of things. One, more of a Christmas movie than, like, Die Hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. a very Christmassy movie and should be in the canon. Yep. Uh, two, really, really good. Possibly the best... Oh, Batman it's the best movie? Like I, no. I used to think 89 was the best one, but it might be Returns. Oh, it's be- of, the, of the first four, it's definitely the best. Really? I don't know. I've, I I, don't know. I can't get past the, the 89, uh, the first Tim Burton one. I like that one the most. I think it's the best looking one, though. Like, it's style-wise, I love the visuals of that one the most. It's just the cleanest. Returns is the first one to introduce that oh. problem of the rogues gallery is always more interesting than Batman, and it kind of becomes a Batman without Batman for yeah. a long time, which is my big issue with The Dark Knight as well. But I, I also rewatched that recently in The Dark Knight. is is really still pretty good. I figured it couldn't have been as good as I remembered, but oh, no, it's, it's it pretty is. good. It's great that... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like a game you can play is just trying to guess what nerd references on this guy's shirts <laughs> in every different interview. This guy's definitely got like a Loot Crate subscription or three. You know what's kind of interesting? Advice. Maybe it's because I've seen way less, but, like, even poorly made documentaries are kind of inherently more interesting than, like, poorly made regular movies. Because at least you're, like, you're learning something, as opposed to, like, if you just, like, watch a bad movie, like, ooh, it's rough. Yeah. But, like, here, at least you're, like, seeing, like... Like, I don't think this is a great documentary, but at least there's cool concept art, and you can, like, sort of, you know, look around and just, you know, look in the background and be like, yeah. oh, look, they have cool things on the walls, even if you're not, like, even if you're bored with, like, what's going on. Yeah, there's always something fascinating seeing behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm very into what goes into the making of a movie and that collaborative process. And seeing this pre-production stuff is super interesting and a, and a part of the world, even on behind-the-scenes featurettes, that you don't really get a lot of. Well, that's what's really cool about those Leica, Leica, Leica movies, like the box trolls and stuff, and Kubo, where... In the credits, they show them like actually building, like just oh, yeah, in the, yeah. like basically in the movie, they show cool. them building the clay or like whatever it is, whatever they use, like the like, it's like you know sped up a little bit, sort of like a B movie without B movie or whatever we were watching, but it's 
an idea of how they build it and sort of how they animate it a little bit. And you see it like come to life. And you don't have to go out of your way to watch it. It's just right there for you. Do you guys think we're going to see Superman in this glow up, this glowing suit in the next movie? Like he's got, he's dead, so like he's got to come back to life. Do you think they're using no? Because this, any too, of that this is too cheerful for. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. He's going to come back like wearing something extremely dark and nothing flashy at all. If anything, maybe he won't even wear a Superman suit. I mean that that movie's going to suck, right? There's no doubt that the Justice League is going to be terrible. Well, no. I it won't be good. Uh, I don't. I, I want mean, to be good. I wish it. W- I, yeah, I don't want any movie that. to be bad. But like, I just, have a, uh, I just have a feeling like Superman's going to come back and he's going to be bad. And well, when's that? That's not like November. Good. Yeah, because Wonder Woman's June. Wonder Woman's already out by the time this is released. We're recording this in January. I mean, I just feel like they dug themselves into a hole already with Superman. Like, Man of Steel retread everything yep. so quickly. Yep. Like, there's nothing to really settle in and focus on anymore. Like, he, there's no Clark Kent. He's just Superman. I mean... Uh, Would you want more of him, like, getting into bathtubs with Lois Lane? <laughs> I feel so bad for Amy Adams. <laughs> well, I mean, she's also Nocturnal Animals, which is garbage. So she she brings it to herself. She turned down um, that Will Smith movie, Collateral Beauty. Good. Oh, at least she's got some sense. I mean, she's in Arrival, which is amazing. So yeah. Let's see that. Arrival is really good. Comes out on Blu-ray on Valentine's Day. You and Melissa have a date night. I actually want to... I, mean, I need, like, a whole day to do this, but I want to double feature it with Contact. Oh, yeah. That would be good. We were just I talking about watch... Contact the last, last thing we recorded. I think so. Yeah, because of Spirit in the Sky. Yep. <laughs> said I don't want to hear Spirit in the Sky in anything ever again or Were Fortunate Son. talking about Suicide Squad? Because I believe both of those are in that. <laughs> oh, probably. No, I was thinking Operation, Operation Avalanche, which I watched this week, has it, and then I think, what, was it, what did I just watch? Um, something else I just saw, I think, in theaters. I don't know. There's Batman and himself, Affleck. It was in like two movies this week that I saw, Spirit in the Sky. I was just like, I can't, because it's just, it's in everything. Good old Norman Greenbaum. Like, that big stupid S on a hockey jersey just didn't look good. Why would you even wear that? Because he's Kevin Smith, man. I know, but even Kevin Smith has to know, like, when to say when. I just love this idea that there's... that Hollywood will pay a screenwriter a large sum of money, like, more than I make in a year, um, to write a script that just will never get made. Yep. Like, we're just going to make, like, five scripts, and then we'll have someone smash them all together. Yep. Like, do you know how many scripts there were for Jason vs. Freddy before that movie finally got made? There was, like, nine of them. It was absurd. Like, there's just some movies that deserve to stay in development hell. Or just not be made. Like, I understand how bad you want something, but that doesn't mean it needs to exist, (laughs) or that other people want it to. (laughs) It's the Jurassic Park thing. It's like... You want like what is the line? You never stop to think. Uh, oh, right. If you if should, you, you were so yeah. concerned. If if you could, you never stop to think. If you should, yep. I feel like that is a real like ethos that Hollywood needs to kind of uh, adhere itself to. I mean, Doomsday, Jesus. I mean, 
Now, Doomsday's awesome. It just uh, He's amazing, and then to just throw him in with five minutes of your movie left, like they yeah. did in Dawn of Justice, it's just like, what are you guys... What's the rush? Like, cool it. Slow down. We've got years and years to make billions of money. Billions of dollars of money. Let's just take it one movie at a time. It's like, no, this needs Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and The Flash and the Aquaman. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's like they put out Iron Man and then the second movie was Avengers and also Thanos was in that. Yeah. 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 In the last five minutes. Yeah. I think it would be cool if um, Zack Snyder lost his directing license. Oh, yeah, I'd be so fine with that. I mean, a guy started out and I had high hopes with, you know, I mean, even though it was a remake, I liked the action and the style of Dawn of the Dead. Same. I'm a fan of Watchmen. 300? 300, yeah, that was new at the time. I really, I liked that. I was like, okay, this is good, but I don't need every movie to start doing this. So I'm going to admit something that I don't think can still be true, and Chris, I think, knows what I'm going to say. Yeah. I hate it already. I think I like Sucker Punch. Oh, I think you told me but that. that can't, you're, you're wrong. It can't, can't be right. No. You might like certain moments. Like, I like images. Like, there's one or two cool fight scenes in that, but... Well, it's a lot of, it's like, not a badass girls beating up guys, but also, you know, in reality, they're getting, like, they're getting, like, raped and whatever. It's all, you know, terrible misogynistic bullshit, but... That's the thing, is, like, I can't handle the premise of that movie. That they're escaping the reality by being these, like, superheroes or whatever. Yeah. The thing is, I think Zack Snyder is trying to write a satire of like nerd culture there it just it fails in every way he ends up becoming almost like this <laughs> symbol of geek culture after that movie you know and just showing like it's all style with no substance and that kind of feels like most of the culture is like we just want the cool shit to put on our walls but I don't really know the meaning behind it like nothing about the way that they shoot these interviews is visually interesting this seems especially dark. The Tim Burton stuff and the audio seems to be off, too. Well, yeah, like we were saying before, like, I can't believe they got him. Like, yeah, he's like, all right, I'm going to do this interview in this room. There's no additional lighting. We're going to use natural lighting. And you've got two and a half hours. Let's go. And I really want this puppet to be in the shot. <laughs> and I'm going to wear sunglasses. But I like how they have the fat guy sitting next to a skeleton. But what's interesting is there's a couch bigger. there, but he's on a desk chair. He's on a computer chair. Dude, do you think this movie has a, a role for my wife Tim's documentary. I, I know, but you just get her in there somewhere, right? I'd still like to see Tim Burton come back and maybe try and tackle another superhero property. I mean, it may be a cosmic thing from Marvel or something, you know, some space. Howard the Duck. Give him <laughs> Howard the Duck. I do love that they kind of acknowledge the fact that even back before the internet, there were people getting real angry about choices in regards to um, comic yeah. book movies. That was strange. That well, what was it? Oh, it was the um, Stan Lee documentary, which we'll get to. They're talking mm-hmm. about how like Marvel was just like bomb after bomb after bomb. They're like, now they're gonna make an X Men movie. Like this is gonna be terrible. And like <laughs> even you know before the internet, or, like you know the beginning of the internet or whatever, you know, there was people were always still like hot takes. Well, you had stuff like Entertainment Weekly magazine and Entertainment Tonight, and I feel like around the time of Bat- Batman was such a media put like it's such a marketing push for Batman like it was like just everywhere uh, the attention was all over it and I feel like they were just trying to fill up time talking about it and they really latched on to the fact that Michael Keaton they're like he's not an action star you get like you know like a Sylvester Stallone has to be Batman it was really like a a shift in like the public conscious after that it was like okay it doesn't have to look like the guy it, right it can come down to acting 
I think Tim Burton got kind of what you were saying before, where Bruce Wayne is almost the more important character. Yeah. And you can't have a a muscle man playing that role, really. I mean, you can't even have Arnold playing Mr. Freeze, for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> he can't even do that right, you know? I mean, yeah, that, that Schumacher telling him to camp it up, but still, Mr. Freeze is, has, is a very sort of tortured soul character. You don't get Arnold there playing him like a joke. Hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold. But now we got Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc. And the Vulture. Which is kind of funny. It's like, not only has he switched from DC to Marvel, but he's gone from hero to villain. Wait, what's, what's he in? He's going to be Vulture in the new Spider-Man movie, which will be oh, out Oh, I don't even know who time. Vulture is. Oh, he's a... He looks like a he's like Ben Kingsley <gasps> or Ape Vigoda, and he's got a dumb flying There's suit. our guy. There's Cage. Hey, found him. Uh, Superman Returns, look. underrated, in my opinion. Mm, I don't know. Kate Bosworth? I'm yep. not down with it. Wait, who was that Superman? Uh, it's just Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph. Put me to sleep. And of course, spoiler alert, of course the kid is Superman's kid. I mean, it's iconic well, and stuff. Yeah. I feel like it's it's like a soft reboot before that was even a thing, like rebooting, kind of. Like, it's a sequel, but it's not. It's starting over, but it's not. Uh, but, like, that worked because, like, Superman 4 was, like, 20 years earlier. Then all of a sudden, yeah. we're, like, we're eight years or seven years later. And it's like, all right, we're going to reboot again. I think it would have worked if it was if it knew what it wanted to be. Like, it was literally Superman, and it felt like moping around for an hour and a half, and yeah. then he threw an island into space. But that's okay. I just it relied too much on having been familiar with Superman already. At least with Man of Steel, the one thing I will give it is that it started from the ground up all over again. So you didn't need any to see anything before seeing that. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. And that's how bad like that guy is is giving orders to <gasps> directors and screenwriters and it's just how do you even parse that bullshit birdie like this is really like a cage club greatest hits right now that we're watching like i can't wait to rewatch all these oh here comes his uh oscar speech part of it wow he had so much ahead of him then I mean, after he won this, next four movies, or next, I guess, you know, not four movies, next three movies are going to come out, that being like, The Rock, Connor and Faceoff, and he's going to do uh, City of Angels, which, all right. For what that is, it's not a failure, I feel. No, but I mean, it's, yeah, be- it's, it's better before, great. like, because leaving Las Vegas and... It's funny, uh, Julianne Moore, oh, Sandy Bullock would have been a good Lois, but it's funny Julianne Moore was considered because now, like, her clone Amy Adams is <laughs> they have that same sort of ginger look to them I remember hearing about Chris Rock playing Jimmy Olsen way oh, back and Marlon Wayans is uh, as Robin I, if black. <laughs> I did not remember seeing that though <laughs> that is the most offensive casting list I do really like Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White I do too yeah I, did. But I also Lawrence like Fishburne him as everything really can't wait for him to show up in John Wick 2 to get a little Morpheus Neo reunion happening. Larry Fishburne from The worst Dream comic Warriors? performance in history, in yeah, my Dream opinion. Warriors. Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Enigma? Edward Enigma? Hate it. I hate it so much. Wait, is the be- do you think the best Batman... Th- Ooh. 
coincidentally we were, we were watching something that. else. Yep. Um, do you think the best from the original four? My favorite villain, and I don't even. I guess I just like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Is she the best one? It's Penguin. Yeah. All right. I yeah. Even though I don't like that they actually made him a physical mutant freak, uh, I'd have to say like that is probably the best use of one of the villains. Did Tammy DeVito lose weight? Are you watching the new Sunny season? I think he Sunny just got older. I'm not. I think yeah. I think he's just older. No, because he like he looks slimmed down. I don't know. It's always hard to tell because he's so short. It's true. Yeah, Kevin Spacey is the perfect Lex Luthor. I will give Superman Returns that they nailed Lex Luthor. You don't I think mean, Jesse Eisenberg's a better one? Mm, no, I'm real mopey. Nah, no, no. Sorry. No, I don't. I don't. I I agree. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. I was trying <laughs> no, to say. I know you there. weren't. I know. <laughs> It's just so strange. Like, the new one is just like, what if we took... What's so iconic about Lex Luthor? Okay, well, like, he's an old guy with bald hair. Let's make him young with really long hair. It's like, that's the extent of But did he shave his head? Thing. Only because he went to jail, and which oh. they don't do in jail, really. They don't just shave your head because you go to prison. Here's that two-headed beast you are talking about before, Mike. Which might have been a bit too far. <laughs> Especially because... with, like, CGI capabilities in, like, 98. Oh, it would not have been... Yeah, it, it, I mean, if you even look at... If you look at, like, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Sam Rockwell character is supposed to have two heads in a book, like, literally two heads on his shoulder in the actual novel, and then the way they get around it in the movie is, like, he's got a head tucked in, like, between his chin and his neck. Oh. So, yeah, they... I do not have a lot of faith in two-headed characters. Well, a couple of years ago on American Horror Story on Freak Show, Sarah Paulson played that two-headed woman. Oh. And that was good. That worked okay. out. I mean, that season was terrible. But you have the pod race announcer in episode one. There's a <laughs> shitty two-headed character. <laughs> is that Greg Proops? <laughs> one of them is Greg Proops. <laughs> There's a really good podcast episode. I was there, too, about Greg Proops talking about that movie. I hope Superman comes back looking like metal like that in the next movie. Like, he comes back and they're like, is that Superman? And then the Flash think, is like, I think it's a... I think it's a... a <laughs> it's a statue of him. I think it's gotta be that black suit, though. Yeah. Most likely. Because they even... To go along with the color palette, also, of the They whole... even teased it with the silver S on his coffin and everything. But just as all the stuff we didn't get is, like, the alien ship and... I mean, we do get Zod's stupid alien ship, but we don't ever really spend time in it. Like, that's just super weird looking. Yeah, I, the, mm-hmm. the weird logo. There's so much here that I think would have really failed. But, I mean, when you have lighting and you have direction, obviously things can look different. Right. They can disguise how terrible that actually looks. Because this, this is all concept art. Like This isn't like what right. it necessarily look like. And I think once we get to see it on him, the suit actually looks pretty badass. It's yes. when you take a picture of him wearing the suit. It... And he's blinking and looking away. How much would you pay for that giant silicone uh, Nicolas Cage? Just have it oh, man. Gray, completely gray, no painting, just have it stand. If money wasn't an option. Oh, like, I what, mean, what do you oh, think? Well, I mean, obviously then you could say it any amount. But like, you mean what? like this? There he is. Yeah, but they had like a mold, a full mold of just Nicolas Cage that they used to build that they showed before. So just be an all-gray Nicolas Cage, um, looking lifeless and dead, just in the corner of your I room. I feel like you would probably see that at, like, a, a high-end Spencer's <laughs> Gifts in, like, Las Vegas for probably, like, 30 grand. Hmm. 
There is this chair is super short there. I think we see about three fittings, right? We see the one we just saw with yep. the silver suit. You mean this then... mold? How do they defend that trash, like, blue garbage bag suit picture where oh, he looks stoned as hell? They talk about how, like, this is not what it would have looked like. This was just, like, fitting or something like that. Like, they really go hard to defend. Well, because he didn't know that well, a picture was getting taken. I think rightfully, too. Like, if you had taken like a real production photo in that suit with the proper lighting instead of someone just flashing. And his hair actually done. Yeah, instead of someone just taking a quick reference shot because they needed to say on this day this was done. Uh, yeah, th that suit, uh, that picture gets exploited too yep. by Brian Singer where he's like, would you rather make this? Right. And it's like, that's not, you can't, that's not fair. That's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that picture gets a super bad rap. Well, it's just Steve Puff, Marshmallow Man, and Godzilla as best friends. In front of a dragon? That's a great <laughs> shirt, but... You know what I think okay. is an underrated Tim Burton movie? Sleepy Hollow. I never saw it. It's pretty good. Sleepy pretty good, actually. It. I actually think Big Fish is actually pretty good, I still haven't seen too. that. It's much less... You know, it's not in his, like, super stylized, wacky sort of phase. I feel like he's much more restrained. I mean, there's still very odd stuff going on in that movie, but he feels more restrained. And even though it's like Tim Burton-y as hell, I can't get into Mars Attacks for some reason. Mm. Not a big fan of it. I liked it at the time, but looking back, it's definitely just like a cartoon. It would have just, you know, like it seems, it feels like an early sort of CGI movie even. Mm. Yeah, just it's based on like so a trading card that. series. Like it, it's, it's very Tim Burton-y, but there's, there's something about the aesthetic and I think just the, that cast of just all of these celebrities showing up for ten minutes, that yeah. it just takes me out of the movie every time I'm trying to watch it. Yeah, that's one of those instances where stunt casting doesn't work and I feel like Jack Nicholson should only have played one character instead of two. <laughs> See, that thing, that, that, that Nick Cage just... Oh, that standing like there are so many next to your bed. There's so many suits that they're showing, and they were all only going to be in like one or two scenes. You know, like he was going to wear the regenerating suit for one scene, and then he'd be in the black, like this thing, the bubble suit they call it. Like it was only going to be on screen for like a couple of quick minutes. He wasn't going to fly around in that. Superman Oops. by way of Lady Gaga show. Laser lights. It's like that's so weird looking. Not necessarily in a bad way, just like in a... You have no idea what it's going to be just in a back room of a dressing cabinet somewhere. Hmm. I don't know. The Superman, in general, though, doesn't really seem right off the bat something that would be in Tim Burton's wheelhouse like it doesn't have it doesn't naturally have like that dark edge that right. Batman does like he doesn't live in a nightmare city like Gotham that's super gothic like he doesn't fight villains with guns like they're all these weird mutant creatures that are very colorful looking like parasite and that's why like it's that. so like difficult to make a make him like a character that people relate to mm. I think the most I've ever cared about Superman was um, Carradine's monologue at the end of Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. I just can't get That's into a character that is literally a god and like can't be hurt. And the movies have to just invent ways for him to feel like 
he's in danger so that there are stakes. And there's never been a movie that really did that well. I mean, certainly Batman vs. Superman didn't. No, I, I think, you know, just the first one, the Richard Donner one, did it best. Um, just And it doesn't even have, there's not a lot of conflict between Clark and Superman. It just did a good job of showing Clark Kent at the Daily Planet and then Superman flying around doing heroic deeds. Uh, it's not an extremely deep film trying to say anything profound. It's just trying to be fun action movie. And I think the problem now is they're trying to use Superman to say something about society or or like the human condition. And that's when it becomes too much of a stretch for me. Just let him be fun. I don't hate that plot point of like, we are now living in a universe where there are literal gods coming around and smashing things up. I, I love the idea of them exploring that and kind of asking us humans, what do we do? It's just not done well because it's a Zack Snyder movie and has the subtlety of a uh, brick to the head. Exactly. Yes. Subtlety is not his strong suit. <laughs> he looks like BB-8. Hmm. Wait, who's that supposed to be? Brainiac? No, this... So, like... Oh, it's K? It was, like, his ship that oh, turned into his right, suit at one right. point. There's a version of it in the Man of Steel, there's like one of these little things flies out and protects his ship when when he finds his ship in the ice. Something like this kind of flies out. It's really cute. There's like a germ of it left in. Not as cute anymore. But I guess it would have been in place of like his holographic father talking to him about Krypton and stuff and teaching him about being Superman. He was going to have this creature do it for him. I guess this is life. What's it like a um, life-sustaining device for when he's like regenerating? That's out of control, though. That is like a <laughs> full-on like transformer-looking guy. Like, there's nothing Superman about that. This is would have been such a busy movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. In bad ways. Bad ways. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think now it would be looked back upon as a beautiful mess. And at the time, it probably would have been praised for its special effects. But I don't think anyone would have would have left the movie saying it was like a quote-unquote good movie. Like, <laughs> people would probably like it, but I think for the most part, it would get would have gotten bad reviews. Well, Kevin Smith would love it. <laughs> Guy's a fanboy. He loves everything. With an S on it. Like, what is it's that? Not, it's not an S. It's a crest. But what is that? Like, okay, he's not even wearing a cape. He's wearing, like, angel wings. And it's almost like he's a robot underneath it. I really wonder how many... Because we're seeing so many different things. Like, these can't all be in the same version of the script, right? These are all, like, wildly different. I think we're seeing one or two versions of multiple suits that were planned for the movie like there's definitely we're planning to do a black suit but you know they probably had several drawings of the black suit they're probably meaning to do that metal suit but then they had you know the crazy one that looks like Optimus Prime and then they had one a little more scaled back that seemed a little more Terminator great job picking the absolute worst one of all of those (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive (laughs) Um, yeah, how hard is it to get the S crest right? 
Am I wrong that Nick Cage's kid is named something Superman? Kal El. Kal El. He's got two kids, right? Yeah, he's one's way older. Oh yeah, he was in a couple of those movies. He was in Lord of War. Lord of War, and he was in something else. Obviously, he should That's introduce Cage. her to uh, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley <laughs> Quinn, and they can. Well, no, Kal El's a boy. Right now, yeah. yeah, he can marry Harley Quinn though. Oh. Harley Quinn. Smith. Well, what about uh, Lily Rose Depp? But she's not named after a comic book, though. See, there there you got two versions of the blue suit. I don't... See, I think the issue with me is I wouldn't have accepted a Superman wearing technology. Like, I just don't see him putting... You know, that's Batman or whatever. Like, I just don't see the need for him to put on a device that collects the rays of the sun that powers his body. Like, get get out of here with all that. He needs to be much more organic... I know someone whose favorite Superman is Dean Cain, and, like, I've never <laughs> met, like, there's just, there aren't too many pop culture opinions that are less defensible than that. Mine's Tom Welling. Okay, you found one. <laughs> I actually forgot that show existed. It's on for, like, ten years. It really was on for a long time. With Michael Rosenbaum as decent Lex Luthor. I watched the first couple seasons, I was like, I'm good, and then my dad yeah. watched all of it. It wasn't that, that Lana was on for a while. Oh, Kristen Kreuk. Yeah, when oh, she yeah. left, that was done. I like the girl who played Chloe. I don't remember what her name is. Because didn't they move from Smallville to Metropolis? Oh, did they? I think they yeah, I think the last two or eventually. three years or something, yeah. Yeah, I remember eventually, at some point, didn't, like, Hawkman show up and all kinds of crazy oh, Aquaman showed up and... Now, what's interesting, no, that's not the same DC universe that they have existing now on CW, right? right? No, no, they rebooted the whole TV thing with Arrow. See, that looks good right now. I mean, he's got no cape or, sh- or boots on or... It's a little weird look. It's a little it's 90s shiny. looking, but... It's shiny. It looks like a car. I mean, that's not his main suit, or is that his main suit? That that, that was going to be the main suit right there. Uh, a certain power. He needs a little more hair in the front. <laughs> that's a great pose. <laughs> is that him flying? I don't know what that's. No, to I don't be. know what. I think he's just posing, like when you pose to get your muscles show show your stomach muscles definition. Could you imagine a conversation between... No wonder this movie never got made. You got Tim Burton talking to Nick Cage. <laughs> like, just trying to explain <laughs> themselves. What sparkle Dust. I wrote doing? down Sparkle Dust. I couldn't remember what Sparkle Dust was when I was looking through my notes, but there we go. I can't believe it even got that far. Like, we're seeing Nick Cage in... Well, they were two weeks away from starting shooting, and they, they pulled the funding. I know, but I'm crazy. It's just, I'm just, it's. I think it's crazy that we get to see this. Like, I, yeah. I know the footage is there and it exists, but the people on our side of the screen are watching it. Oh, there's the other documentary about making a movie. It's um, Lost Soul, the Doom Journey. Of, oh yeah. yeah, I've seen that. That movie Island got Dr. made. Burrow. Yeah, I know, but not the way it was supposed to be made. No the director way. got fired and showed up as an extra, like, in the <laughs> yeah. mask. 
See, here he's got the cape on. He's looking good. He's got the boots. He's got the red S, it's which is great. It's still a weird-looking Superman, but it's still not bad. Well, it's the red S is just... It's not molded into the suit. It's yeah. just, like, taped on him so they can get an idea of it, which looks, like, trash. But, like, this, yeah, this definitely it's looks nice better than cape. that Polaroid. It looks, it looks more like a, like an actual knight. He looks more like, you know, like his suit looks like armor more than it did, and I don't know if I was going to like that. I kind of do. So the neckline is something super weird going on with the neckline color. Ooh. Like, was he supposed to bulk up to that point where, like, that's going to be cut out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or just paint all that blue, too. Either way, it's kind of weird. What? <laughs> Why did they add that? That cartoon of Tim Burton doing his hair. Of all of the add-ons... Guys, we've got this great hair overlay we've got to use in some scene. <laughs> Superman can have long hair. Yeah. But Superman cannot have a skullet. No. Like, that is some hideous hair that we are seeing right now. Well, I think that they didn't do his hair. He's just, you know, that's not... Yeah, that's just to give it an idea there. Also, has Cage ever had hair like that in, I mean, Con Air? Close. I even don't know if that is real. That looked kind of like they put a wig on him just to see, like, we want him to have long hair. So have you seen, you talked about Crisis on Infinite Earths. They did another kind of reboot like that. The New 52? Do you know how that started? Like, what the catalyst to that was? I think I knew at one point. Oh, wasn't it Flashpoint? Well, I mean, just the, like, the... Is this a trivia question or are you asking genuinely? No, no, there's, there's a frame that I've seen. Superboy punches a hole in reality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that get, was, out, um, get out of here with that. No, yeah, that was something about the New 52 because they did Crisis on Infinite Earths years and years and years ago. Then they did, like, Final Crisis and the New Crisis on Infinite Earths where it had to reformat the entire DC Universe again. And there was something like the Superboy from Earth 1, which is, like, our world... Or Superboy gets sent to our world and oh, ends boy. up like punching a hole in reality yeah, and it's real stupid. Yeah, it's, oh. it's really dumb. But there was some kind of cool stuff with like the monitor. Became, there was the monitor and the anti-monitor, and then there were several more monitors out there. And that's when it lost me. I was like, there can't be more than two monitors. Um, but he was the guy who sort of had the giant interdimensional tuning fork that like m- merged all the existing Earths together into one. So that all the comic book nerds would have issue number ones to buy. <laughs> Comics are dumb. <laughs> but it was also, yeah, it was like, why is Batman and Catwoman married with a kid in this comic, and then in this one they're enemies? <laughs> it was really strange how crazy the diversions were. This guy wants Superman to have. No, we're doing a, a fairy tale. They don't want to call it a fairy tale though. Like it's not like a. Mm. The guy was eventually a producer on Man of Steel too, so. Did Superman ever pick up a gun in that one? Maybe. I can't remember. Like, why is that shot composed that way? I guess because this for an entire scene would be boring, but, like, him, like, the the documentarian nodding at Tim Burton is just, what is that doing for us? Exactly. This is... Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's why we just need Tim Burton in front of a black backdrop. Properly lit. Talking to the camera, or some guy right off side to the camera. Oh, I just realized what a shirt is for the first time, and I hate it. Yeah, me too. Izod's shirt. So here's where they took that. That's where they took the picture. 
and you know Polaroid is supposed to emulate film the look of film that's why they use it so much also because it's instant of course but it is supposed to give you a good idea of what it looks like is Tim Burton American or English he's American yeah he's right? American. American he's married to Helena Bottom Carter I think they're I think divorced now this looks crazy different this doesn't look like the same suit he had on last time look at his chest hair coming out of the top of that I know. thing I still think that looks pretty bad mostly because it's the S it's it, the shape of the stupid S it it's does, also a it's case so where it's shiny the muscles are built are very clearly built into the suit and not the person yeah. It's almost like a Halloween costume. Really. But like, that like kind of works muscles. on like the Batman, like the Clooney Batman and stuff. But he's Batman. He's not. He's not as muscular, and you take that as armor to begin with. Uh, I feel like at least I do. I feel like you could design armor to look muscular. But I mean, they were showing like George Reeves oh. from the Superman TV show, like the '50s TV show, and like he's just like a frumpy. Like you can literally see like his paunch, like his gut. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he looks like a '50s professional wrestler. Like they all have that kind of weird mm. doughy body, but like. Killer Kowalski would still rip your throat out. Yeah, I feel like Christopher we- Christopher Reeves was not a well-defined looking dude either. And I mean, if they did this like three years earlier when he was in Little Junior shape from Kiss of Death, like that'd be a different Superman. Like you wouldn't even need the, you know what I mean? Like well, I feel be... like he would have bulked up a little more too. The cape comes from a long line of Kryptonians who were top of their field in science and law is what Nicholas Cage just <laughs> I would, said. I love that backstory, that that cape It's like, uh, it's like a lab coat, but just a cape. It's a lab coat, right. <laughs> this shit looks very Mars Attacksy. Yeah, the Brainiac stuff. And Borgish, right? Like Borg yeah. Queen? I don't know. It seems like it's been done. I would have liked to have seen a more like Earthbound Menace Lex Luthor doing stuff. There's so many Superman villains that just don't work on film. Like, I don't think they're ever going to get a Brainiac to work, right? Like, they're going to try. Mr. Mixplickstick, I guess. Yeah, but he he was on. um, What was he on? Was he on Smallville? He was just a guy. He's going to be on Supergirl as something. I could be super into bizarro in a film well, there's... bizarro would be cool i think that they could actually get done oh i have to give my dad credit that when i was little and i he would always get me like my my primary aside from like my second genesis my primary like toy were all like the, the action figures mm. and nobody made a bizarro figure and i want a bizarro figure so bad so what my dad did is he took an actual superman and he painted it white and chiseled the face so it's all like broken. <laughs> it's, it was awesome like, it was so so cool cool dad and I was like where did that come from he's like I made it I was like what you you what <laughs> when I was like you know 10 years old or whatever I was like this is amazing I probably still have well, it look, somewhere this is like the Krypton they used where it looks like the birthing place where Russell, uh, Russell yeah. Crowe right where he, he goes swimming in the beginning in the Genesis chamber not enough dicks though <laughs> Oh, no, really. Big black a, dicks that go up yeah, into the Steel, Phantom Zone. Ton, tons Jesus. of yeah, they, they send the, the the dicks up to fuck the Phantom Zone. There's like thirty of them. It's just it's super phallic. <laughs> I just it's such a bummer. We never spend any time on Krypton for it to actually feel like it means anything when it explodes. Like you know, in the first one we're there, but Krypton is boring. In the second one, Krypton seems exciting, but we're hardly there to get a grasp of what's going on. 
It's just like, oh, here comes Zod with his ship for some reason, and now we got to get my son off of the planet. And by the way, he's the first Kryptonian that hasn't been cloned in millennia. It's like, what? None of that <laughs> matters. <laughs> this really looks like very 1950s, um, like Forbidden Planet or This Island Earth kind yeah. of stuff. Or like the cover of a Yes album, I guess, as well. I see this as, yeah. It's definitely prog rock. Oh, stairs to nowhere is what it kind of looks like to me. You know what you should do from now and again? I mean, you're, you're ne- the way you, you've got such a backlog to catch up on, which is great, which is why you're doing it monthly, I think. But, like, yeah. if you ever catch up and you do all, like, the... You can do, like, all the Christmas stuff you want, but like, you could just do, like, Suicide Squad soundtrack and just, like... Oh, man. All, like, garbage... The Garden State soundtrack? Ugh. The Wayne's World soundtrack. You've never heard the shins? They'll change your life. 500 Days of Summer soundtrack? That might be a whole other show. Soundtrack Seth cast. Seth Smith? To die by your side. Yeah, show. yeah. Wonderful. Wait, do you like 500 Days of Summer? I love 500 Days of Summer. Okay. Wait, have you heard 500 Days of Wheezy? No. So someone took the 500 Days of Summer soundtrack <laughs> and then replaced all of the lyrics with Lil Wayne lyrics? Like, they like, mashed up... I don't know if I think... I think it was a the lot of the Carter 3. It's great. Huh. I'll play it for you. I'll give it to you later. There's a really good mashup. We're getting way off topic here. But there's, there's a really good mashup album where someone mashes up hip-hop songs with um, the Katamari Damacy soundtrack. <laughs> that is really, really good. On the topic of mashups, is it... On a scale of, like, one to, like, incredibly blasphemous, how blasphemous is it that I heard the Grey album which is the Danger Mouse one? Yeah, the Danger Mouse Grey album. Before I heard the White album or the Black album. Oh, that's pretty egregious. That's yeah. interesting. So now I can't hear either of those without right. being like, "This doesn't feel right." Huh. We're getting. I mean, not only are we getting off topic, but this movie, the art and design, is getting way off topic. Like, it's none really of this weird. has anything to do with Superman. I mean, I mentioned Zardos earlier. I think this is more to do with Zardos in that movie. This looks like Superman. it's coming out of a Tarsem Singh movie. Oh, I would imagine him doing a comic book film. That's kind of what Immortals was, and that okay. wasn't a very good movie. Uh, I haven't seen, but this stuff, this Krypton. I mean, I've had. I'm so. I'm the one saying I want more Krypton in movies, but I'm done with this production art. Is the fall? Is Tarsem Singh's the fall? Is that good movie or just really pretty to look at? No, it's I, it's it's good. I like the cell. Cell's good. I actually liked his, oh, his Mirror Mirror movie. He's doing. I forgot that he's the director of Emerald City, that gritty Wizard of Oz reboot oh, that's on oh TV no. right now. That really? I watched the first few minutes, I was like, nope, I'm good. He did. Oh, he did Selfless, which was that Ryan Reynolds movie where oh, he. Oh, really? He did that movie? Which I liked kind of. But it didn't have his flair to it at no. all. Like, it just felt like anyone could have shot that. It felt more like an Alex Proyas film than anything. This guy just answers the phone. And the guy leaves it in the movie, though. Does he say something stupid? I bet he says something stupid. And now we got a shot of him drinking water. Like, this is bad filmmaking. Look at him just like, yep, I got him on a Hollywood phone call. Yeah, no problem. Insider look, behind the scenes. Like, clearly the guy said, okay, halfway through this interview, make sure someone calls me. I'm going to fake a phone call that looked like a big Hollywood big shot in front of this nobody. Bad baby. <laughs> now this nobody thinks that he's awesome because he got this important phone call on tape. And he turns to the camera to look at the camera. Like, uh, get out of here, John Peters. Tuck that hair in your chest. So he wanted this... We're going to see a 
this skull ship thing becomes the uh, the codex of Krypton. Like so, it goes like I want a skull in my movie, and it goes from Brainiac's skull ship design, and then here, this is exactly what the codex of Krypton looks like. It's this Neanderthal skull with stuff sort of written on the side of it, and it's just another. It's just one of those examples of like being a producer on both projects and wanting to see something on screen and not <sighs> and not giving up until you've had actual your way. So it's not even just the fact that Zardoz was in the background, but there's Zardoz on screen now. I can't see the Zardoz skull without thinking of Rick and Morty now. <laughs> Show me what you've got. But, like, that doesn't make any sense to have a big skull ship either. Unless you're Brainiac and you're like, I fucking love skulls and I want to look like a badass. Like, there's no... There's no design... For, like, a design purposes, why would you build a spaceship to look like that? I don't remember this documentary being this exhausting. Like, there's so much happening. <laughs> this movie is an extended version of the Key and Peele Gremlins 2 sketch. I haven't, oh, seen, I haven't seen that either. What? Uh-oh. Oh, man. But, gotta throw that one in the... Let's throw it the on show now. notes that don't exist on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on now and again six show notes, which will be out months before this comes yeah. out. No, seriously, watch that sketch. It's so good. I'm excited for Get Out. Yes, I'm very into that. I still haven't seen Keanu. It's fine. George Michael scene's great. Oh, he's in it? No, they there's a there's a scene uh, where they're talking about the song Faith. Oh, okay. You know who John Peters is? John Peters is um, like the full realization of Ellis from Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. Hans. Yeah. Obi. Just like that yuppie douchebag. <laughs> yuppie, coke, and all. Like, I mean, I he's don't know real, if John Peters person. is he's not a coke. character. <laughs> oh, no. Every Hollywood producer from the 80s did coke. It's part of the job role. Like the prereqs. I oh, mean, yeah. he's even he's even got that Lee Donowitz, you know, Coming vibe. With a body bag. Too. Exactly, just like that. Like, hey, you see how fucking cool my shit is? Look at all this cool shit I got. Like, come be part of my cool shit. Just like impressing you with his toys. Those are, um, I'm like almost positive those are. Wait, magic hold on, hold on, hold on. Cards. I'm sorry. This guy's name was just Brom. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't hear what you were saying because his name is just Brom. No, I'm pretty sure the art that they were showing, um, and I don't know if this is true or not, and I don't know how much of a nerd I'm outing myself as right here, but I'm almost positive Probably those were Magic big. the Gathering cards. Oh, it's possible. I wouldn't. I mean, they got a lot of high-profile artists just to do concept designs that never got used. You know, like that Brom guy. Like his art, like has nothing, you know, to do with anything else we've seen. Like it doesn't fit like it would have fit into this movie whatsoever. They just wanted like a high-profile artist to work on the movie. Like, there's so much happening here. Now, this is always just, like, concept art like in general for whatever, I guess. But it's also like, let's we don't know what we want, let's throw everything up on the wall and then see what sticks, you know? And then maybe we'll get an idea of what we like. Which, yeah, I guess might work early on, but, like, it's hard to tell what parts of the... Especially since we're not really, like, listening. But, like, what we're seeing was at the beginning of the process and what was toward the middle. Because I think, like, a lot of this, if it's at the beginning of what they're figuring out, it's more forgivable. But if it's toward the end, it's just like, well, shouldn't you know, like, what you want by now? You know what's 
really bothersome too is it's not like Superman doesn't come with a shitload of character designs already. Like just open a comic. Yep. Like you could see everything he's ever fought in his entire career yep. and what that looks like and where he's been and what a ship is. Like uh-huh. you don't have to go ahead and redesign everything. Like There's a whole bunch of egos in one room. Like they haven't even gotten a doomsday yet, but it's like just use the design for doomsday from the comic. Why are you trying to make it into something that's like all heads or like has you know eight extra limbs or something you know if it ain't broke don't fix it i love some of these um these designer guys when they're being interviewed like i feel like the longer the interview goes on the more they realize how (laughs) ridiculous what they were doing was and they're very much like they they very much have this tone where it's like it's a living (laughs) they realize how absurd it was and they're just like yeah i don't care we did our stuff we got paid uh and I just I love the interviews with those guys more than the stuff with like uh, producers and Tim Burton. Yeah, they're clearly clearly they're not used to being on camera as much either, so they just feel a little more honest to me than like you know John Peters is like he totally feels like he's putting on a performance. It's kind of amazing seeing Tim Burton like to think that he could actually command the set like he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that everybody would listen to to me i really wonder what he was like have you seen interviews of him when he was younger no no that's what i'm saying like i'd love to see him on set of batman and it's like were people told to listen to tim burton or was he actually the kind of guy who could like whip the set into shape and be like everyone shut the fuck up and like we're doing this or were there a bunch of producers going hey everyone shut up and listen to tim now because he seems kind of meek. Like, I don't know. It doesn't have, like, it doesn't seem like he would come out with the force of you would expect from a director, but. I think you can just be more of a personal director. Like, I'm sure Wes Anderson is very much like. It's a good call. Or Woody. And what's this guy's credit? He was on the set of Batman. No, I'm sure he was. He's more of a writer and stuff. But I think no, he, isn't he one of the guys who wrote the script or one of the scripts? Okay, yeah, I think he, he took a pass with his super cool '90s speakers. Here we go. '90s speakers. Ugh. I genuinely like. I think this is a terrible movie, but I love watching this movie. Oh yeah, well, it's super campy, and I think it works on that level too. Like it's a good. It's not like it's a straight up bad movie. Like it's it 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 accomplished what it wanted to and it did it well. It just, Holy rest of metal, Batman. Alicia Silverstone is just terrible. <laughs> I'm not even saying in that movie. She's just awful. In general, I mean, Clueless. I'm gonna see Clueless. I think this month. Perfect. You haven't seen Clueless for her, and no. that's it. Oh man, it's on Netflix. This is a movie that I feel like clearly would have come in over budget and over time. Well, let's talk about... I have a note here when we watched it the first time. The budget was something like... This is 98, remember. Budget was like $140 million oh or something? God. Or $160 million? $140 million, and then they wanted to like... Like, no, we need $200 million to make it. Wow. Like, Avatar cost 240 and they like invented technology <laughs> to like... Hey, Dan Gilroy. We have like an actual... Like good screenwriter here now. I saw him in real life too. Competent guy. I like his work. He's married to Renee Russo. Oh, is he really? Good for oh. him. That's why she's in Nightcrawler. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, and I was wondering where she'd been since Nightcrawler. Like, where's her name, Russo? Been? She's got to make another one, another Dan Gilroy movie. I love Nightcrawler. Though. Yeah, that was a closing night movie at the first uh, Fantastic Fest too. That's crazy that he did a pass of this movie. But it's not like they asked him to rewrite the whole thing. They just said, "Come in and make it feel more like." Oh, there's there are actual themes and stuff we're talking about, and so there's other things aside from action. He's one of the like six credited writers on Kong Skull Island. Oh, no kidding! Good God, six! I mean, I've I have no expectations for that movie, but now I have except that it's going to kick ass. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that movie's not going to be good. Oh, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It might not be a. It's not it might not be good, but it's going to be like Independence Day fun, and it'll be better. Oh no! Than okay, that, I'm it's sorry. Got I'm King sorry. Kong in it. So there were two people who did the original story, which I'm assuming is the 1933 one, maybe that they got credit. And then he came up with the story, him and John Gattins. Okay. And then him and two other guys did the screenplay. So okay. it's, it's, there's less mind, there's less hands on it than I thought. If nothing else, it gave us all those pictures of like Brie Larson and everybody on oh. those little like little like goat like the mopeds or whatever Wait. riding through like a mall or wherever they there's were. There's a Tumblr of Brie Larson scared faces from the trailer. So it's just like all of the weird faces she makes running away from things in that trailer. I still haven't it's seen that adorable. trailer. I oh, don't see great trailers. It's that's a that I trailer do trailers rules. after I watch the movie, so I'll, I'll see the trailer eventually. So what do you do when you go to the movies? I just look down. <laughs> I watch a trailer until I know what movie it's for, and then if it's a movie that I'm never going to see or a movie like The Shack that looks beautifully terrible, I'll watch it. Here we go, is Clark Kent. This is vile. You think no, that's no, 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 no. This no, is no, perfect no, no. for it, it, the '90s. This is perfect. Like that aqua blue blazer. He's talking about how he's the alien, right? Oh, he, the Mickey Mouse tee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. He's just tea. like a big dork. He would be right because like, it's the actual. Because if you look at like Henry Cavill, like he is Superman, even as Clark Kent here. Like this guy's not Superman. This guy's a dork in a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. Like these are the guys that like he's playing a geek then, which would actually be ridiculed. Whereas today, you know, they're heroes and. You know, geeks rule and all that kind of shit. But back in the, I mean, just like that Beyonce song, "Who Runs the World?" <laughs> geeks. But like pre Matrix, I feel like if you showed up like that, like so, you know, Comic Con was not cool back then. Like if you showed up looking like you were ready to go to Comic Con and you were called Clark Kent and you were that you were like a reporter, I feel like that would have worked really well. This looks like Kramer. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. It's the height. But there's definitely too many elements in the going on here at once. Wait, so who is this woman? I think she was the casting director. So why is he explaining things to her? Because he's a blowhard. <laughs> Just saying, like, uh... Oh, my God. I love it. I do, too. Oh, yeah, so like she's saying, it, he would have been, like, um... Like a Mark Zuckerberg. Or uh, that show with uh, on HBO with uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah, Valley. he would have been like a Silicon Valley Which guy. Which is weird like because a, she looks Asperger. like the woman from Silicon Valley. Dressed sort of. like the guys at the science fiction conventions. Yeah, spot on. You could tell Tim Burton is like, let's make this movie tomorrow. Like, they want to shoot. He wants to make the Clark Kent movie. He could give a shit about making the Superman movie. Cage looks good in glasses. When was the last. Do we ever see him? In glasses that much? Sunglasses a lot. Well, yeah, but like that. I don't glasses, recall glasses? really seeing glasses. Glasses and pay the ghost. 
I blocked everything out about Pay the Ghost, except for that bridge at the end. They have the cross cross with the spirits. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe they waited till the third act to get into the spirit world. And you've movie. watched some real shit movies with us from these <laughs> podcasts. Yep. By choice. Yep. And not even intentionally, like, let's watch a bad movie. Like, let's just, this hopefully will be good. No, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's watch Even Cowgirls Got the Blues. I have a friend who says he loves it. Oh, watch man. The Watcher. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking <laughs> most of the time. I kind of appreciate them whenever they cut to, like, these reenactments or they uh, do, like, the cartoon reenactment like this kind of stuff like I, I actually appreciate that they they went there but I almost want to, this whole thing just to be them recreating yeah the recreations they, he looks like Tommy Wiseau with that <laughs> hair yeah and that that, he does. that dinner like that looked like straight out of the room yeah <laughs> you ever see those um like they have like comedians doing table reads of of scripts yeah do you think that there is a script of Ooh. Death and Return of Super? No, I feel, like, I feel like we would have heard about it. it there's, would... I've, there's definitely a, the one after this they tried to make was the J.J. Abrams one, and there's a, that script is online. I've read that. It's on J.J. Abrams on a Superman movie. Yeah, I think it, the code name or whatever the name was called, Flyboy or Flyby or something like that. And yeah, after like a few years after this, when J.J. started getting hot, they gave it to him to see if they can get anything going. Well, anyway, so, I want a Tommy was I want Tommy Wiseau to be part of my table read for the death of <laughs> as uh, Superman? Superman lives. Yeah, as he's he's doing Clark Kent and Superman. Hi Lois. Hi Lois. Hey. Um. Well, so JJ Abrams JJ Abrams saved or revived Star Trek, and he did the same thing with Star Wars. Give him DC. I don't. I think he actually came out and said, "I'm done." trying to save your franchise. <laughs> like he, he had an article, right? And he's like, no more reboots, no more remakes, none of this. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm only doing new. And I think he even got, like, with Westworld as a producer, that, like, really burned him out a little bit. But I hear you. Like, it would have been a good choice, you know, 10 years ago, maybe, even to, to give it to him. Instead of um, Brian Singer, they should have given it to him. To J.J. Yeah, but what was he doing back then? Chronicle? No, he, he, was, was, still, no, he was still doing TV back then. Alias? I think it was during his Alias Lost phase. Oh, definitely. Well, he was only... I think or at he was least only develop- involved in like, the first season of Lost. Yeah, but developing lots of other television projects. I mean, Fringe okay, so as a producer... Well, Cloverfield was before those, wasn't it? Cloverfield was 08. So 2006, like, 2006 Six Degrees lost, and What About Brian and Alias. Lost was definitely on while we were in college. Lost was 04 to yeah. 2010. Wow, and Cloverfield was 08? Yeah. Why did I like J.J. Abrams then? Just, <laughs> I didn't like Alias. Well, maybe my timeline is just... Felicity? <laughs> Definitely Felicity. <laughs> Doesn't Felicity end with time travel? Mm. Does it really? Oh. I, I, I to, feel like I heard have that to somewhere. Watch the fir- I have to watch the very beginning and the very end of Felicity. <laughs> Felicity's time. Is Felicity spoiler? Oh, who cares? I like Mission Impossible 3. Was that before then? No, that no. was... That was sort of what got him because then he was doing sequels and then he started doing the reboots Mission Impossible 3 was 2006 okay which even though it's a terrible script he somehow made a great movie out of that Mission Impossible 3 is the best one it's the best one until like 5 oh the first 4 is the best one no yeah the first 4 is the best one I like 3, 4, and 5 I'll go with those sorry wait so with 4 is Ghost Protocol yeah. And five's Rogue Nation. Yeah. 
I would say it goes 5-3. I don't know. 2-4-1? Two, 2-4-1. Four, one. Two, four, one. No, I don't know. I don't remember the first two, really. <laughs> 4 is better than 2. Yeah, I think 2 is the worst, even Me though too. it's John Woo. It's just, oh, 2 oh. is John Woo? Yeah, I didn't like yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So then maybe 5-3-1-4-2? I'll take it. All right. I like 3-4-5 and five the most. Yeah, I'd ba- I'd much like Fast and the Furious, I think I'd back end it. That just looks like Gotham to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something they did so stupid in the new when Donna Justice was to make them like right across the bay, I guess. Like Metropolis and Gotham are sister cities in that movie. You could literally like see one from the other. And it's I just feel like it's never been well, that. Where okay, so hold on. So like in, why would it be that? So in the D C universe, Gotham is essentially New York. Is yeah. it was it is it like in New York? Gotham is where well, I think it's like South. It's it's a fictional geography. Location, but I think yeah. it's in like South Jersey, Delaware. Something about Gotham in New York. Yeah. It, okay. Either Metropolis or Gotham, and they usually go with New York and Chicago. Because Smallville's in Kansas. Yes. So is Metropolis in Kansas? No. It's supposed to be a sit-in for New York. Yeah, I've always seen it as a New York-Chicago kind of thing myself. That's how I always thought of it. I look at maps and it and it, they do seem closer to the, that. Well, map, I also understand like be. why. Because then why wouldn't Superman just protect both cities? It's not like he can't go punch yeah. the penguin and then go and stop a bank robbery. Especially they're across the bay from each other. Yeah. Gamera movies are great. <laughs> they're the best. I think the, almost the entire run was done by Mystery Science Theater as well, and that's a oh, fun wow. little addition. I mean, not the old ones. They, I know they did a few. Oh, okay. More modern. Yeah. Ones like around the time when they were doing like, I think they brought it back around the time when it was like Godzilla versus Biolanti, and like around that time, I think they kind of brought Gamera back. But those old ones are fun. I've been meaning to do Gamera marathon after my Godzilla one. Didn't have time for it last year. Now this, like, see all this doomsday crap. Like, that one actually looks like this. Looks like the way he turned out. In the I new don't, movie. I don't like it. But all of it is bad. I want him like with the like the big spikes and like the the bone spikes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Doomsday. I know from that's not the one from the comics. That's the one I have the action figure of. Plus, he's supposed to be able to. He has intelligence. He doesn't just grunt and throw rocks at Superman like he does in the new movie. Like he's supposed to be able to talk and do stuff. So in this, were they going to kill off Superman in the first act? Like, was this going to start with the Doomsday fight? No. I don't know. That's a good question. Something I never really got a handle on was when exactly he was supposed to die in the movie well, because there's and also... what he was going to do when he came back. Because this documentary doesn't talk at all about what happens while he's not around. Yeah, all it does is say during the funeral, Batman gives his eulogy in Times Square or something on the Jumbotron. I, I think we're. I think what would have happened is we would have just watched him regenerate for 30 minutes or something, or it would have been like putting like him back together. Act. Because I feel like he's back alive by Act 3, going after Brainiac, and that all he'll have to do is blow up his ship? I don't know, because it doesn't also talk about, does he have to fight Doomsday again? Does he throw him into the sun? This is awful. Yeah, it is very Wissowian. It's not much worse than Dawn of Justice. No, it is. (laughs) Dawn of Justice is not bad. It's bad. Don't just as bad. Nope. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not good. I'm not saying it's good. 
Uh, my one thing about Donna Justice is, okay, you know at the end when Wonder Woman shows up... Oh, hold on, up, wait, 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 hold on. They're talking about... Remember they're talking about incorporating the Princess Diana funeral into this movie? Oh, no, they wanted it to be, like, of that scope. Oh, like, right, they, right. They used the reference of it for Superman. Which just seems disrespectful. Well, I think that's actually... I think that's fine imagery, but... I think if there was a good like a benevolent god that was saving people and he suddenly died, it would be a giant funeral procession. Yeah. But that seems like too soon. Why not? I mean, couldn't they just go off like JFK? any... any pres Exactly. Or Elvis? Or I don't know. Someone, anybody, that they name-check Princess Di is a little strange. So what are you saying about... I think just because she died like while they were in pre-production. Uh, um, what are you saying about Wonder Woman? Oh, so in the new movie, when she shows up at the end and, you know, Superman's like, is she with you? And Batman's like, oh, I thought she was with you. Batman really should say, yeah, she's with me because I met her at an art gallery and then I sent her, like, these emails and we know right. all about metahumans. Like, yes, she's with me. Like, that joke is is just another example of they don't even know what they're doing. Like, I don't know. Why couldn't he? Guys, it's a good movie. Okay. You're right. It's great. So we, in we indirectly have Kevin Costner to blame for this movie because of the failure of the postman. And <laughs> oh. then he would come back and be Pa Kent. Yep. Yeah. So he would kill and give life to Superman. All right, Pa Kent. Oh, my God. I really hate the small stuff. And now stuff he in... ends racism in Hidden Figures. Oh, did he end it better you than Keanu ended it in Hardball? Hidden Fences, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Hidden Figures is a version in the world where Sinbad plays a genie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Does Hidden Fences do it better than Hardball, at least? Are you talking about the real movie or the fake movie? What do you... <laughs> <laughs> the real movie. Hidden Figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A little more sensitive than Hardball? Well, Hardball doesn't end racism. It just sort of gets every, all, the, all the little poor black kids to be friends with each other. But it makes Keanu feel better for thinking he ended racism. Uh, I mean, there's a scene in Hidden Figures where Michael or Kevin Costner takes a sledgehammer and literally knocks off the wall a thing that says uh, colored women's bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wins. <laughs> and he's like, you can go to the bathroom wherever you want. Oh my god, Steel came out before this Steel's movie like was 95. made? I've never even heard of a lot of these. Uh, there's the postman. Ugh. Oh, man, Sphere. Major League didn't perform? No, Back to the Minors. Wow. Oh, it's not the first bad. Major League. I don't know what that Tarzan movie was. That was well, the nobody Casper does, Van Dien one, I think. <laughs> oh, Christ. I mean, Tarzan, every ten years they try... I mean, the Tarzan last year was... Bad. ...a ridiculous movie. <laughs> I mean... Did you see that, Tarzan? I didn't know that existed. Oh, Marco so Robbie, Christoph Waltz. It basically starts out, and you're like, wait, did I miss the first movie? It's like, no, it's just like, it starts as like the sequel to a movie that didn't exist. It's a sequel. And then it becomes the prequel to that movie oh, in the no. middle of them. It's it's so dumb and bad. It's really weird. Although I'm just looking forward to Margot Robbie playing Tanya Harding. Not, you see the, you see the, uh, the stills of her as... Yeah, she... Well, like She's in a fat huge. suit? She's yeah. like in a fat suit? Yeah. But it's a fat suit, right? Because her face doesn't look like she gained weight. She looks like if, if Rebel Wilson got jacked. 
there's yeah, well, there's no way that Margot Robbie would ever put on like well, eighty pounds for sure a role. She would if she was like a serious actress. No. Yeah. No. That's what you got to do, Harley Quinn. I'm sorry if you want me to take you seriously. She is the best part of the Suicide Squad. Absolutely, I think she's pretty good, and I think Will Smith's pretty good in that. I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know if I. I think my favorite part is actually Jared Leto. Whatever yeah, he's there's doing. there's a movie in there. No, wait, wait, hold on. Hold yeah, I want the Joker on. movie. That's all I, I, I want. want. The Joker Harley That's Quinn movie. That's all I want is the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. The rest of that. Crap, Are you guys gonna tell me you liked that Joker? I'm not saying I liked it. I'm just. Saying I think I could have liked the Joker. I don't like the Joker in that movie. But I think I, I could have liked. Yeah, I don't. This think looks fits. great. Yeah, that's a great set of photos. See, like, like, these look. This, that looks awesome. Because it's the tradition. It's all about the S. I'm telling you. Even that, like with the muscles, like that looks good. It's amazing what yeah, the S that. does. And I'm that's that's amazing. That does look good. And that looks really cool. See, it would have worked. It could have worked. I don't know if it would have worked, but there it's a there's a possibility. But yes, I do like thirty seconds to Mars Joker. Just oh, because Diane Word Joker? <laughs> just because I mean, I don't like Jared Leto sending used condoms to like his whole like whatever I'm in character now, don't bother yeah, me. I'm not Jared, I'm with Joker. Vision. <laughs> um, Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> I think that the movie that I want to see is eighty percent him and Harley Quinn with Batman in there, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, like a Batman movie from the Joker's perspective, which supposedly they made. They apparently shot. They have all this other stuff with with. I mean, maybe this is just him lying about you know the movie that came out, but he thought there was gonna be a lot more about him, and he's barely in the movie. It sounds like they shot a lot of alternate takes and extra sh- extra stuff for those. It doesn't seem like they. I didn't get the sense that they shot like lots of extra scenes, but that they just shot a lot of him, like right. in those sequences. Sounds like at some point they figured out that romanticizing an abusive relationship was not what they wanted to do with that <laughs> no. movie. Yeah, but like, what's uh, so? <laughs> um. What was I gonna say? It's a weird thing. Getting weird PS4 notifications on my screen right now. I'm losing all track of... These are all things I did last night. I don't know why they're coming up now. Um, anyway. Okay. The whole thing with Suicide Squad was that... And we talked about this during all his movies, I think, was mm-hmm. that they brought Will Smith on. They're like, oh, shit, we got Will Smith now. We got to give, like, 40% of the movie to Deadshot. And that's the only reason yeah. like, that character's developed at all. And, like, he's not good in it. He doesn't care. Well, like, it's, I think he's fine... I, I feel like he bad. plays Will Smith. He doesn't play like a villain or a character. He's he just like, I'm good at shooting shit. And, and like, they uh. wanted to have, because David Ayer, who did Fury with Shia, which is great, uh, he want, he did Suicide Squad as well, and he wanted Shia in it, and the studio was like, nah, Shia's too crazy. Like We won't, we don't want him in our movie. Like He's he's harmful to the brand. But the, for the whole thing with the movie is we're a bunch of crazy people like right. have Shia in it and Tom Hardy was supposed to be in it and Tom mm-hmm. Hardy got pulled out and like they lost all this like you know everything that like was going to be interesting at all became Will Smith and then also they added in Jai Courtney and all that nonsense and I, I actually feel like that's what would have ended up happening with this Superman movie I really do feel like it would have ended up feeling really bloated and tonally all over the place mm-hmm. oh probably and flow poorly and Burton probably would have lost Final Cut to this crazy producer. Yeah, I mean, maybe. There's definitely... Oh, man. It it could have gone real bad, but I still sort of think that the entertainment value would have prevailed. Like, seeing Cage in a Tim Burton Superman movie would have 
just been enough draw for me. Yep. Like, even if the movie's bad, I probably would have gone two or three more times just for the appeal of the spectacle of it and all that kind of thing. But you're right, like, during the late 90s and a budget this big, there's no way it could have been coherent to any sort of acceptable level. Like, there's just going to be tons of noise in it, but I think it would have been better than worse noise. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Tim Burton got $4 million for not making this movie, and Cage was supposed to get 20 He's just like, I'll just take two instead. Really? He took $2 million to play Dress Up. That... Yeah, but he could have taken $20 million. He's just like, no, and then maybe he should have, because then he wouldn't have been in debt <laughs> for so many years. Yeah. yeah, but he's kicking himself, saying, oh, could have. Maybe he should stop buying pyramids. By the way, happy belated anniversary. Yeah. You visiting the, the Nick Cage Pyramid in New Orleans. Yeah, about a year ago. Oh, that was like your first appearance on Cage Club. You yeah. mentioned you were going to New Orleans. Yeah, it was right after that. Wookie, uh, wookie, wow, 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 West. This is a racist, hateful movie. Yeah. Kenneth Brenner. And like oddly transphobic, too, isn't it? It doesn't love like dressing up as a woman. Like, not. He just likes to do it or something. Um, and they make a bunch Kevin of Kevin Klein, about right? It. The Kevin Klein character, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just comfortable this way. It costs one seventy. I, I saw. I, I mean, that's still a lot of money. I saw that in theaters. Really? I've never seen it. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it on like Hungover on like TBS. Yeah. In college, but I have no very funny memory of seen, any of this really. I've seen most of it. Like I remember, it opens up with Will Smith bathing in like the water tower. Which doesn't seem with sanitary. a woman. Yeah, doesn't doesn't seem sanitary. Well, I mean, Zach Geffron has sex in a green tower in the Lucky One. No, not the Lucky One. In uh, oh God, what's that movie with Michael Monroe, where he's a race car driver in Iowa? What? All of this sounds incredible. Pay something. The pay ghost. The ghost. It's not pay the ghost. <laughs> That's all I can think of right now, though. I gotta look it up. Um. How did this get made? Did Wild Wild West a couple years ago, so I rewatched it for that. Uh, it's called At Any Price. It's about seeds, seed farmers. Hmm. This is the first time we're really getting too much in the way of Nick Cage's opinions on the failure of the movie. He, they barely get his perspective. You know, it's mostly just like that archival footage and then maybe one or two little interview snippets. But he doesn't, he hasn't, I feel like he hasn't really talked about this very much. I bet he was genuinely upset that this didn't. I think so too. Like if you notice, they have Tim Burton, but they don't have Nick Cage. Well, because like, because Nick Cage also as as a person is a huge comic book fan, a huge Superman fan, owned Superman 1, like he owned, or Action Comics 1 Mm -hmm. or whatever, like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he sold it recently, but like. he had to, to. Yeah, but I mean that was like you know multi million or at least over a million dollar comic book, you know. So like he, it just seems like if you're gonna put this documentary together and you're gonna go this fucking far, like you got the the artist, the producers, the director, you got Brom. The least you could do is scrape up a million dollars to get Nick Cage for a day or something. I don't know. I just feel like they're missing him. Like he's a very important part of this that we're missing. I'm sure they tried. I bet he didn't. I bet. I just bet he didn't want to do it. I don't think he was yeah. unavailable. I just think he didn't want to really? talk about it. I mean, if Tim Burton would talk about it, I feel like he would have had you know the worst experience out of everybody. Uh, I feel like Cage would 
reminisce for a little while. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he was going through too much. If you could ask Nick Cage one question, what would it oh, be? Oh man! Not necessarily about this. Just oh, we have we have questions. Hold on, I'm gonna pull, that's a really good question. I'm gonna pull it up. We came we came up with a couple different questions while we were going through Cage Web. It's not a lot, but like, just in case we ever meet him. Was it you who sent me that interview where a guy from Vice interviews Nick Cage using only Nick Cage quotes from movies? Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Yeah, uh, that seems like the just the type of thing I wasn't wouldn't expect from Vice, who I thought were supposed to be like actual journalists, and now they're well, I mean, it's probably like, just like a freelancer, a but yeah. Type thing. Um, oh, I guess the one thing I mean of these questions, the thing that I would really want to know the most is that supposedly for Trapped in Paradise, which is that Dana Carvey oh, yeah. movie, yeah. Rumor had it that the director was just like, yeah, I'm done with this, and like either like left or just wouldn't do work, and so what we saw was that Nick Cage actually basically became the director of that movie. Huh. And so we wanted to ask about that, like, did that actually happen? Something like that. Also, the last question we wrote down is, tell us about this movie. Yeah. Like, because we don't, we don't know about it, you know oh what I mean? Oh my like, god, look at that Halloween costume shit. This is awful. I'd like to, I'd like to know, I want him to direct something else. Like, I like what he did with Sonny, I'd like to see him try something a little more ambitious. We also want to know where, like, how he found Time to Kill and Never on Tuesday and, like, these weirdo things that, like, don't line up with the rest of his filmography. Although Time to Kill makes sense in terms of the timeline because it came right after Vampire's Kiss, right? Where yeah, he was sort of ostracized. He sort of was like, they're like, you can't do needed what you're to doing. Work, wanted to go and... Oh, that's oversee. a sudden end to that movie. Well, then you know. End with Tim Burton on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Also featuring... Is his name in the credits, you think? It's gotta be, right? Brom... <laughs> Appearance by Nicolas Cage, archival footage. Okay. WonderCon Superman. Anthony and Michael and Mario. This was written? How many times can I... Well, John Schnepp. How many times can I get Schnepp Zone in here? <laughs> On the second watch, I don't think it's that great of a documentary. Oh, no, um, it's pretty bad. No, it's not a well-crafted it's just documentary at all. It's just the subject matter. Stuff. I would have rathered yeah. like a, an oral history of, like, article. There's a million of those. and I think this would have worked better as that. It would have worked better as anything without John Schnepp in it. And I think it would have if they did it more like the kid stays in the picture and they had less live-action footage and they did more reenactments and stuff. I don't know why I care about that more. But. Like, especially when you compare it to something like... Uh, Sig Doom. Neutron. It's kind of a dope name if that's a person. Uh, when you compare it to what now? Uh, Yodorowsky's Doom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage's like Bust that. Photography by David Irwin. Yeah. What's that be David Irwin? Busting makes me feel <laughs> Man, this is some thrilling closing credit music, too. It's just a loop. Well, thank you for listening to this. Barely talked about it. We've only recorded this the second one we recorded, and like we just picked two ones to start out with. Nicholas Cage is barely in either of them, so that's... We're, we're Some interesting decisions by us. What is it? Nikki Coppola. Look at that. It almost says Coppola. Almost. Yeah, these, this kind of flew by, too. It, flies, Circus, it goes a lot quicker This has to be like Kickstarter backers, 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 right? Oh, oh, there you oh, go, yeah. Kickstarter backers. Oh, oh my god. Boy. I didn't fund this, did I? No. I didn't, no. Although I did I did um, contribute Kickstarter to the new Adam Rifkin movie, Director's Cut, Ugh. which should be coming out soon, because Adam Rifkin... It's on my list of movies to say. A lot of Chris's. I'm Doug one of them. Carnival. There's all the Michaels. <laughs> Miguel Ponceleone Jr. I wonder if these guys feel like it was worth it. I would be a little disappointed. So many jeans. Look at all those. 
Jeez. My ho- my hopes and dreams for these Cage Club commentaries is that we're going to find like a after the credit Wait, sequence. What's this now? And fan backers? This looks like the Marvel credits of special effects. Yeah. Credits like filling the whole screen. Is this hurting your eyes? This is hurting my eyes. Yeah, this doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah. There's not it's not meant to have that many names on screen at once. How many different GoFundMe's did he use? Uh well now you know why he couldn't scrape together a million dollars to get Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Because we had Gretchen Drake put, give him like five dollars. Jack Meads and his two fifty. But I want to find one Cage movie with like an after the credit scene that we didn't know existed. That would mm. be great. I don't think it's gonna happen. Is there any after credit sequences ever? Yeah. Um, doesn't pay the ghost have a uh, like a mid credit sequence? If it did, I or is that wait. just the very end of the movie where the the person comes back to life? Blocked it out. You're gonna have to wait and see. You have to come back and watch that again with us, Chris. No. Yep. We'll bring the Cage Club revisited to you. Mr. Mom has Batman question mark? Oh super thanks. <laughs> Ugh. There's super thanks, then a thank you line, and then special thanks. They're really Kevin milking Smith. it here. Wait, Kevin Smith only gets a special thanks? He doesn't get an actual credit? Maybe it's a different Kevin Smith. <laughs> Rainy. Love those one-name names. Lots of sweaty comic conventions. Special super thanks. Whoa. Jeez. Oh, my God. I hate these credits more than I hate the movie. <laughs> Hey, we all rock. rock. Wait, so he just calls all these people sweaties? Like his fans are sweaties? He loves Maybe because the dude looked like he never stopped sweating in his life. Oh, God. Well, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub for all the things we've done, all the other commentaries. Ooh! Wow, that's crazy. There was an after-credit scene. <laughs> we were just talking about them. And he was asking a question about Cage, and then Tim Burton didn't even answer it, so whatever. Yeah. All right, <laughs> cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub. Thanks for listening. Bye.